The three temptations that Christ experienced in the desert, in effect, represent three of the greatest temptations in the Christian life. That's true whether we focus on the life of the individual Christian or the life of the church as a whole. The first temptation is materialism. When Satan challenges Christ, if you are the Son of God, command these stones be made into bread. But Jesus answers, one does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Materialism represents the ease and the allure of focusing purely on physical needs to the exclusion of spiritual ones. Now, in our own lives, the danger of this temptation should be all too obvious. If we spend more time fretting about our paycheck or our vacation or our new cell phone than we do about prayer and the sacraments, we're obviously living for ourselves and not for God. But the temptation towards materialism can exist in a more subtle way, in that even in our relationships to others, we can focus on meeting their physical needs while ignoring their spiritual ones. How many parents, for example, would go ballistic if their child came home from school with a report card with anything less than a B on it? Or maybe for some parents, anything less than an A. Yet they don't make a comparable effort to see that their children learns the faith or attends mass regularly or receives the sacraments with reverence. Even as a priest, this temptation can exist. The temptation can be to just give the person the bottom line pastoral service or advice that they are seeking rather than look towards their true conversion. Someone might say to a priest, can we have a funeral mass for grandpa if we have his body cremated? The easy way out is to say, well, yeah, sure, the church does not absolutely prohibit cremation. The harder way is to see it as an opportunity to share with this person the idea that cremation is really contrary to the Christian tradition and that their deceased loved one would be better served and honored by a traditional burial. The church's charitable mission can be subject to the temptation of materialism as well. Too often in the church, works of charity become institutionalized and separated from any significant attempt to reach people with the faith. The church becomes, in effect, a privatized form of government, dispensing aid, rather than being the holy mother that she truly is, meeting both physical and spiritual needs. Next, we see the temptation of egoism and the devil challenging our Lord to throw himself from the parapet of the temple in order that he might show his glory when the angels come out to catch him. Jesus rejects this for the silly and self-serving stunt that it would have been. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. As the second commandment tells us, we are not to use the Lord's name in vain, meaning we are not to invoke his power for our selfish purposes. There's always the temptation to make ourselves the center of everything. In recent years, I think it's become something of an epidemic, probably because of the internet and social media. Many people simply talk about themselves incessantly and very often in blatantly boastful ways. 
But there is another way that egoism can befall us even as committed Christians, even if we aren't tempted to brag about ourselves personally. It happens when we recognize correctly the dangerous trends in our society that run contrary to the Christian faith. For example, the recent controversies over gay marriage or now transgender rights. Too often, however, our concern as Christians is expressed solely as a matter of how myself or my family or my church is going to be persecuted by some ungodly secular agenda. Now, these things should concern us. As Christians, following Christ's dictate to be as wise as serpent, but as innocent as doves, we have to be concerned with protecting ourselves and our families from these attacks. And as sons and daughters of the church, we do have to be concerned with guarding the church's freedom and integrity. But remember, if we keep the faith, no one can rob heaven from us. And the church, she might suffer in many ways, but she isn't going anywhere until the appointed time. We have our Lord's promise on that. If the secular agenda of this age is our cross, so be it. We have to take it up. Rather, our primary concern as Christians should be for the good of the people who believe and promote these things that are contrary to God's law. The worst harm they will do is to themselves, not to us. We have to remember the words of our Lord, that we have to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Finally, we have Satan offering all of the kingdoms of the world to Jesus if he will simply bow down and worship him. Jesus, of course, knows that this is foolishness. He cannot save the world by giving in to the devil. The kind of power that Jesus would have gained over the kingdoms of the world by worshiping the evil one could never be the kind of power that would lead even a single soul to salvation. That power was to be found only on the cross. But for us, the invitation to worship Satan confronts us every day, albeit in a more subtle form. It's the temptation to do evil in order that good might come of it, in order to bring about some greater good by doing a bad thing. We think we can achieve a moral end by some immoral means. Utilitarianism is the perennial temptation of the moral life. It goes back to the Garden of Eden, when Eve tried to obtain the knowledge of good and evil by eating the forbidden fruit from the tree. St. Paul warns us, there are those who say, and why not do evil that good may come? Well, St. Paul says of these people, they are justly condemned. The temptation of Christ by the devil is the beginning of his earthly ministry. Answering these three temptations in the way that he did sets the framework for what was to come. He would reject the easy answers and the false messianic hopes that the devil's temptations embodied. We begin our Lenten journey by recommitting ourselves to following Christ in each of these three ways, rejecting materialism, egoism, and utilitarianism. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.